Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is your Commander-in-Chief. Uh, I'm issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, uh, T-Rex is here. Hi. we got Alan Juban in studio. Good to be here. Uh, coming off a, uh, a robbery. I mean, he came in here naked. He, 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 had, he, had, he had no clothes. He got, everything was robbed in Brazil. Uh, we're going to talk about that. How, uh, how's everybody doing? How was your week, T-Rex? My week was fantastic. I, uh, we had a show together. Yes. That was a lot of fun down at the Naval... Uh, 32nd Naval Base in uh, San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah. That was a good time. It was a good time. You got, you got in trouble for being too dirty. Oh, fuck that bitch. Yeah, it was... Uh, we, <laughs> we, did a show, we did a show for the Navy. How was I too dirty? The whole I, thing is like, he has a joke where he says, have you ever been eating a girl's pussy and you think you're getting real wet and then realize you just have a runny nose? <laughs> yeah, I and know. I, nothing I said is way anywhere near that. I know, and then you like, got yelled at. And I got yelled at for me. That's, that's pretty bad. Right there, yeah. So, uh, but that was fun. That was great. The Navy guys were great. They, yeah. they, they were. There was a lot of fun. And then, yeah. uh, what else? How weekend? What did you do? Uh, just basketball tournament with my daughter. Basketball yeah. tournament. And uh, team one uh, nice. championship. And um, there we go. Played, she played for a thirteen-year-old team too. And they she keeps getting place. older. But next thing you know, she, yeah, she played for the Lakers this week, and, uh, and she probably could the way they're doing. Yeah, exactly. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. My week. I um. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I had a show at the Improv, which Alan came to. Yeah, nice show. Uh, headline the Improv Friday night. It was a crazy show. Um. It was like Moro Ronaldo was there and the fight professor, Steve Quadros. And uh, Moro Ronaldo, hanging out with him, talks exactly like he does. Would you like to go to Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, Moro, hey, your show was amazing, Adam. That was the greatest show I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, I mean, that's a terrible impression, but that's exactly how he is, which right. is like yeah. so funny. And then, and then there was these like porn star couple in the front. And I was like, anybody like it in the face? And the girl's like, I like it when it's in my eye. It was just insane. There was a creepy guy in the corner who was getting undressed the whole show. Was that Mauro Ronaldo? No, it was not Mauro. And then Alan was there with his, with his wife, who is the smoking, smoking. smoking hot Asian girl. Thank you. Thank oh, you. man. That, that, was, that was great. And then uh, that, that was fun. That was cool. And then it was, it was actually pretty funny because I, I put on the, the underground. I, I, I got a show coming up. And people are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come. We're gonna, and then the, like, one guy's like, oh, I'm sitting behind this table, right, behind the piano. So I look over. There's this like, big burly guy with a beard. I'm like, oh, that's got to be him. And I'm busting this guy's chops saying, how, you know, how hot is your wife? And you know, how ugly are you? Like, oh, you know, I'm figuring it's funny. Turns out that guy's a Bellator fighter, Manny Bam Bam Lara, uh, and I, I had totally the wrong guy, but thank God the guy was a good sport, but holy shit, that, that could have went really bad. Um, the guy with the beard at this show was a Bellator fighter. Yeah, heavyweight. Uh, yeah, I remember you kind of picking on him a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. That guy was actually, he's like, he's 4-4-1, four, four, and one. he works for AT&T, but uh, he actually might fight Crow Cop New Year's Eve. Uh, in uh, when you say ATT, American Top Team. No, like he, no, <laughs> no. He works for the uh, for the phone, the company. phone company. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good, though, yeah. So you know he can't connect. Um, 
And uh, there was and it was hard though because I was doing comedy. Obviously, my axle a little blue, and it was like uh, one of the kids that I coach. His parents oh, came, no. and they're sitting right in the front row, and it's just so weird because it's like two different types of part of my life, you know, where mm. I have like the coach and the role model and like this, and then I have the parents, and I'm like, yeah, who does mushrooms here? And I'm looking over at the, it's just like, they got their like young, cool, hip parents, but right. I'm like, oh man, I hope they don't pull their kids immediately, <laughs> you know, going, this is this is my kid's coach, you know, so that was that. Well, uh, you're doing comedy and coaching wrestling. It's not like uh, you're at Penn State coaching football and boning mm. kids. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, you know? way, way to make it. Uh, See, just, the comparison what? makes it better. That was the. That was the. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Words make it that creepy. was not. It was great. So no matter. Telling jokes. He's not doing. Well, at least they're not fucking kids. Like, that's <laughs> gonna be my new. Uh, anytime anything goes wrong. Oh, hey man, I could be fucking kids right now. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that's gonna be great. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm gonna make an illegal right. The cop comes over. Hey, uh, you uh, went through the light. At least I'm not fucking kids. <laughs> That's gonna be my way of getting out of a ticket. Uh, but yeah, you're. I understand. There's this one girl who came to the show. There was this girl, Shaney Rush. She's like a trainer. She's one and I was a pro. Could be the hottest girl I've ever seen in my life, and she wants to be a fighter. She is this girl, Shaney Rush. Uh, she wants to be a fighter. She wants. She was gonna have for the Ultimate Fighter, but she got a herniated disc or something. She puts them all to shame. Them all, I'm, when I, I like I introduced them to um, tomorrow and Quadros. They're like, you want to be a fighter? Holy, like they were like their eyes bulged out. They're like, you're gonna get signed immediately. This girl, and she's like so hot that you automatically assume you have no shot at her. <laughs> like one of those girls, you meet her, you're like, she's not gonna fuck me. Uh, and not that I would <laughs> try to, but you just like, there's no way. Um, but yeah, so she's crazy. A funny story about coaching wrestling before before we get into uh, to Alan, which I want to talk to. Um, so yesterday, uh, you know, uh, it was the second. It was the first day of a second term for wrestling. Uh, a lot of the football kids came, which is great. And this little, this little kid, uh, this little black kid. Uh, he, he, I'm like, hey man, so do you do you have a, a girlfriend? Can you say a little black kid? Or is it a kid who happens to be black? I don't even know the, the right way to say it now. I, I was like, hey, so do you have a girlfriend? Right? He goes, he goes, nah, man, I have one, but uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask out this Mexican chick, right? I go, I go, he's 12. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, man, I'm done with black girls. I was like, you're 12 years old. I'm like, you shouldn't cut off a whole race. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, black girls are too much drama. I was like, the kid's 12 years at the time. It was, it was really funny. It was like, I didn't know what to, what do I say to that. I'm like, you know, you should. Well, I'm like, well, I date black girls. I'm trying to relate to them and sort of be, you know, I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, well, uh, Kurt's sister's hot, and that was like the coach's sister. Oh <laughs> he's like, well, wait, you know, wait till I'm 18. It was, it was <laughs> the kid's funny, really funny. All right, so. Uh, we got to talk about Alan. So Alan Juban, who uh, who I knew from ten years ago. My first, I, I remember you basically your first week of training. Yeah. Uh, we used to train over at uh, at uh, Legends, and you know, I always thought you were going to be a good fighter. I never thought you were going to be a UFC fighter, but I never thought. I mean, you, you know, thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you didn't have a talent, but but you came in there. You were a model and, and an actor. You had all this stuff going for you. You had great stand up. I, I knew you from wrestling. I'm like, okay, I'm sure wrestling is dramatically improved. But I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be good. You make the UFC. I'm like, wow, that's great. Your first fight. You you come in there. Insane. You get hurt. You come back. First round. Amazing. Then they put you to Brazil. You fight a guy who's, I think, undefeated. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. Won the Ultimate Fighter in Brazil. You're, you're, you went from literally the RFA to the Ultimate Fighter to co-headlining an event in Brazil. And then you go in there against a guy 
and he comes out there and just fucking steamrolls you in the first. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. It's, I mean, you were hurt. You come back and beat the shit out of him the second and third. You, I mean, to the point where the announcers, which never say, man, Allen won that fight. I mean, Kenny Florian said, look, you know, this guy's good. Allen won that fight. Mm-hmm. The next day, Joe Rogan goes, Allen Belcher, uh, Allen Belcher, Allen Juban won that fight. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Rogan's not really going to say that on Twitter unless he means it. Right, right. So what's going on? What are you thinking? Tell me about the whole experience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you summed it up. I I, I feel like uh, it was uh, a great opportunity for the UFC to put me in the. I mean, you know, fights got dropped. It wasn't like they they put me in that spot. Uh, a couple fights fell out, and then uh, next thing I know, I was co-head, you know, co-main event. So first time in Brazil, first time fighting in Brazil, fighting an undefeated guy, a guy that was trying to bring up. He won the Ultimate Fighter, um, and Worley Alves, and then uh, so co-headlining the event, it was a big opportunity. I just knew that, you know. Obviously, I'm going for the win, but I just wanted to put on a good show and, you know, kind of show the uh, UFC that they could put faith in me. And so uh, I feel like we did it. You know, we put on a good show, an exciting fight, but I definitely feel like I won the fight. I don't feel like I got robbed so badly that uh, it was like it wasn't any comparison to like the Diego Sanchez fight where it was a clear cut. But I mean, if you go back and watch the fight, you know, you can give them the first round. I think I definitely got the second round and the third round was pretty obvious that I won. So um, it was uh, it was disheartening to. uh, to not get the W, and, and, and more than that, not only not get the W, but, you know, to go all the way to Brazil for a week and then to come home with uh, a lot less money in my pocket was pretty, you know, disappointing. Not only did we were we were very close to getting fight of the night, but they didn't give us that, and then I didn't get my win bonus as well. So so that was uh, a shitty part of it. But, um, you know, one of the things I did take from the fight was that um, this guy, Worley Alves, steamrolled all of his opponents up until then. I think he was 8-0. He was fighting at 185 and just killing his opponents. Nobody, I don't think anybody had won a round against him yet. And then so to go into the fight against me and he kind of gave it everything he had in the first round kind of hurt me. And then his money move is the guillotine. He couldn't finish me with the guillotine. After that, I think I broke him. You know, he was looking for way out, ways out of the fight, looking at the clock all the time, asking for, uh, you know, saying that he got poked in the eye numerous times. So, uh, yeah, you know, he was. He was looking yeah, for a way out. Yeah, he was looking out. for a way out. So, one good thing that I did take from the fight is that, uh, you know, a tough guy with all that momentum behind him, a 23 year old kid who's never even lost a round. Um, I broke him that. Fight. Now, you now when you get yeah. to Brazil a week, right? Now, are you training in Brazil? How how are the facilities are like? Are they treating you like an American who's going to lose? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to. Uh, the, the The hotel was not the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in, that's for sure. But we had a uh, we had a good reception, man. This uh, this uh, gym, Garden, I think it's called Garden Fight Club or something like that. Uh, some people that Kenny Johnson knew took us in, and we were training there, and uh, it, it became, you know, all in all. It, they brought us there. I don't know if they brought us there to lose or whatnot, but by the end of the show, even though I didn't get the victory uh, in the judges' eyes, uh, we kind of won over the Brazilian crowd, which is, from as far as I know, kind of unheard of, um, to see a Brazilian crowd boo their own guy, which is what happened after the fight. When they announced him as the winner, the Brazilian crowd sort of booing him. So, um, you know, that melted. Now, that when, now, when, now when you're walking out better. there and the whole... Like arena is booing you, right? Were they and they were yelling like you're gonna die. You will die, yeah, in Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Now, now, I mean, what are you thinking of that? Are, are you nervous? Are you scared? Like, if I'm walking out there and the whole a uh, whole arena is yelling, you will die. I mean, it's got to be like a lot of people probably lose at that moment. That moment, they're like, you know what? 
this is too many. This is crazy. Well, he doesn't speak Portuguese, so he's good. I don't understand him, so that helps a little bit. I guess <laughs> you just kind of tune it all out. But um, <clears throat> it does make it kind of gladiatorish, knowing that there's you know thousands of people chanting, "You will die, you will die." It's, you know, it makes it a little bit more, you know, a little crazier that way when you think of it. But um, me personally, I fed off of the energy. Uh, it started at weigh-ins. As soon as they walked out at weigh-ins and they were chanting, "You will die" in Portuguese. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the energy. And when they would get quiet, it was almost awkward. So um, I really was trying to feed off of the energy. And, uh, and like I said, I think I, uh, I think we pretty much won them, won them over at the end. So if we ever do go back and fight in Brazil, I think we establish a lot of new fans. By the way, I, I didn't mean to insult you by saying I didn't think that you were going to make the UFC. That's okay. I was, That's uh, fine. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm not mad at you. All right, good. Uh, now, now, the thing is, now in that first round, when, when he was just teeing off on you, how hurt were you? Man, the guy's a beast. We knew he was going to come out aggressive. We trained for that. Every every time that uh, we would go into a sparring session, I'd put my most aggressive sparring partner in the first round with me so I would get used to a, a quick start because they didn't want me to turn this into a Rocky fight, which I normally do. But, you know, I don't purpose to do that. But I have a way of getting... <laughs> every single fight you every do. Fucking, I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so we were completely prepared. Props to my coaches. We did everything perfectly uh and 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 leading up to the fight and they had me soundly uh ready for this fight um but he just came out so freaking aggressive man and what happened was really he kind of caught one of my kicks and doing overhand simultaneously knocked me off balance and then from there he just went berserk and tried to finish me right away and uh he didn't get the finish he had a tight guillotine didn't get that but once we got up I kind of figured, you know, I just weathered the storm, and I escaped his his best move, his guillotine. I think he finished. I think he won the entire Ultimate Fighter with a guillotine. He couldn't finish me with the guillotine, so I, I got up pretty confident, and I could see right away he was starting to gas. And when I cracked his rib at the end of the first round, um, hit him with a liver kick, and I think he ended up cracking his rib. From there, it was just uh, downhill for him. Was you, was your wife with you in Brazil? No, man, I didn't. I didn't bring. Her. Right now, I'm still in the in the stage of my career where when I go fight, it's all about business for me, and it was just too expensive to be honest. I mean, it was it was expensive, and it was a 24 hours of flying, three flights to get out there. It was it was a, it was a horrible trip to get out there, so I didn't want to put them through that. It was so funny seeing his wife in the crowd because he's sitting there, Alan. And I, I go, this is my friend. I'm on the stage. I go, this is my friend, Alan. He's he, this guy's the. This is how crazy my friends are. The guy's a model. And an actor, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get punched in the face for a living, and everyone's laughing, and like his wife is like like this Asian, beautiful. She's laughing at every dirty joke. I'm looking over yeah, at his yeah. wife. She's laughing. Alan's like embarrassed, and his wife is completely per- perverted, which is good. As soon, um, as, she, as soon as she said I had a hot wife, everybody then started to look back. They, to see how I, they didn't care how I looked. But, oh, here's a hot wife. Let's check her out. Well, it was awesome, man. I mean, you're you're really uh, coming into your own. I get a little nervous that you, you're taking too many shots. I, I, I that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you got to be careful because you know it, you can get you can get old overnight getting getting punched like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's something I've been trying to avoid and, and working on. And like I said, I think we did everything in preparation this fight. That guy was just one of the, uh, I mean, one of the highest percentage of uh, coming out aggressive type fighters. That guy was you know at the top of the list for aggressive in the first round. So it was hard to avoid it with him. Let me ask you this, and I know this is a pretty obvious question. Do you think that if that fight was in the United States, the exact same fight, do you think you would have took that fight? I mean, I would hope so. I, I think that, uh, I think, honestly, when I go back and look at it, the judges, I don't think they were, I mean, who knows what happened. You know, maybe they, maybe they were influenced by the crowd. Maybe they, you know, I don't want to say that they were influenced otherwise. I don't think it's that crooked. But I think what happened literally was... The second round, he complained, uh, my opponent, Worley Alves, complained of like three or four different files, uh, files eye, eye pokes and low shots, and maybe one of them was leg- legitimate. And so what happened was I was 
I would be beating him up, landing combos, and then he would throw real wild shots which weren't landing. And then I would throw something and he would complain of a foul. And he would, in other words, he was killing the momentum of the fight. And so he would kill the momentum. We'd have an exchange. He'd kill the momentum, have an exchange. And so killing the momentum like that, every time I would land stuff and then he would call a a foul and the the ref would have to stop the momentum, I don't think the uh, judges were seeing what I was doing. You know, as, as I would build momentum, he would stop it again, build momentum, stop it. So it didn't look as obvious to the judges in the judges' eyes how much um, damage I was doing. But when you look at the copy set numbers, I struck him every single round, even the round that I lost. So um, no, I, did, I think I think it was kind of a. I mean, I know it sucks the money wise because you right. probably could, you know, fight of the night bonus you should have got, the win bonus you should have got. But I think in a way. It, you gained you're so many more. Champ. You're the people's champ. You know, everyone knew yeah. that knows that you won. I wouldn't even consider it loss. You know, and it's one of those things. It's you know, it's as close to winning without really winning as you. Can I get. agree, man. I agree. And like I said, it, it sucks that uh, you know I made a lot less money this fight than I did my debut fight. But uh, I've, I've been showing a make? lot of love. What's that? How much do you make for Come this on, fight? Man. I yeah. can't tell you that, man. Don't How much do you make? Uh, not much. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll tell you, yeah, not as much I didn't as I make should. much either because I just made my show bonus, my show purse, and that was it. So, um, you know, going in, the, in in my debut fight, I made my show win and 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 fight of the night bonus. So, oh, right. it was considerably a lot more money. But um, you know, like you said, I agree, man. I got a lot of fans. I, I, I've been showing a lot of love for my peers, other UFC fighters, and that means a lot. You know what I mean? I, guys, I don't even know have been coming out on Twitter and saying that I won and this and that. So, uh, I've been showing a lot of love, and I think, like you said, Dana White. Uh, Joe Rogan, Kenny Florian, those guys kind of agreed that I won the fight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's as good of a loss as you can have, I guess. Yeah. You just do that first round, man. You, you guys got to be careful. Got to get out of there. For, I know. I used to be a fast starter, and now I just kind of like to take my time. Were the judges chanting, you will die on your own? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the, the, the tell sign. The, the, the tell I tell sign. Right that, the like, you will. I actually banged the girl last night and started chanting, you will die, uh, <laughs> halfway through sex. You want to wear a rubber? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So yeah, that that's crazy. Now, did any Brazilian chicks hit on you? Cause I know you're a good-looking American. They, they probably look at you and they're like, "Oh, um, yeah." You know, I had a. Um, I discovered what is that Some thing that we bitch. discovered while we were there? Um, He's like, "Yeah, yeah." What did we discover? Crabs. I discovered. <laughs> I discovered uh, Insta message while we were there because we're bored. There's nothing to do but go yeah. to the mall. So we discovered Insta message. So all we would do is get on Insta message and see what people were in our area that wanted to chat and um, yeah there's a lot of chicks trying to chat with us and you know and then when you're like hey I'm, I'm married is that, was that really hard for you I didn't respond I just I would let them like my profile and then <laughs> I just wanted to see how many likes I would you're get. a tease I man you're like a chick I was a tease in Brazil yeah. oh god man that's, a, that's something that a good looking dude does like a dude that's ugly guy doesn't see let me see how many girls won't like my message let me go to Insta message to see <laughs> yeah, nobody let me go to Brazil yeah, let me go to Brazil to see how many chicks want to fuck me and then right. I, I like <laughs> and they'll turn them down they'll turn them down I, I won't right. respond the first yeah. ugly broad that says I'll fuck you I'm like alright where are you yeah. <laughs> at, at least send over T-Rex and, uh, when, and the cooks want to fuck you they're like you know what it's not him but you know he's here might as well <laughs> might as well <laughs> I thought Brazil had a pretty good um, amount of good looking girls though you know like I think the supermodels are already picked out and went over to the big, bigger cities, but um, as far as all the average amount of girls out there, they were all you know good little sevens, I guess you would say. Sevens. 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 Curvy body, cute face. Oh, uh, hung out at the geez. mall. That's all we did. He didn't go to the favelas, I guess, right? Yeah, I didn't go to. Yeah, I wasn't in the favelas. <laughs> he was but, hanging out in those. I mean, there was no. There's no really weird-looking girls there that, that we saw. I think Brazilian 7 beats a, a Hollywood 8. You think so? I think so. I think yeah. so, too. But yeah, I know. The, most, to me, the hottest girls in the world are from Brazil. I, I mean, 7. Uh, 
I'll take yeah. a seven out of a hundred. Well, his seven probably his seven is probably <laughs> way different than our seven. Yeah, yeah. Alan's seven is like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Adriana Lima is a six and a half. You know, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, I actually so UFC 180. Uh, I got invited to Justin Bua, who's coming over our uh, coming to our pocket. You know what that is? Yeah, of course. Very, so he's going to come on uh, in two weeks. Down to the studio. He's nice. this artist, very famous artist. He does Piano a lot of man, jazz. He always does these crazy pictures. Yeah, yeah. He does. He does like he has like a great Chael one, great Ronda one. He has all his artworks in the Open Fighter House. So he invites me to his to his house to have to watch the fights. So I'm watching with him. This guy Ken Swift, who's like this like world famous b boy. Uh, you know, I, I don't really follow break dancing, but I guess he's like one of the best ever. And some other guys, photographer. And I, I enjoyed watching it, but it's it's a, a lot to me. It's a, you miss it when you watch it alone on my computer and I hear everything versus at like a party. I forget what it's like being at a party was watching it a party fights. Or just a few fellas it was like a few guys, but everyone was talking. There was you know the kids are running. Around. She's got this great daughter, this adorable daughter. But she's you know. But it's funny because uh, all the things that I found entertaining about it. Well, one of the part of the things she loved it. Like uh, the guy crapping his pants in the, in the in the first round. She's like rewind it. So it's me and like a ten year old girl. Her <laughs> like and then the girls the girls ear squirting. I'm like she's like oh oh my god. You know, it was it was really right. funny. Like, like, and then we're all watching it. But it was like you miss a lot. You miss like the commentary at, at, at yeah, yeah. At, when you go to bars or and it, mm-hmm. I, and I, I kind of like it's a different experience. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It's just different, you know. So I had to then rewatch it again when I got home to the, the text chat. So that's like it took me to like I was done at like eight o'clock in the morning because I had to, I went to a party to watch it and rewatch it. It's a whole different. Same thing with watching it live. I mean, when you go to the when you go to a show, you get a different aspect uh, because you get to feel the energy and kind of the momentum more than people do on TV. But you don't get all the inside, you know, commentary. No, but they and have these little headsets that you can buy. Um, when you go to a live show, when you go to live, yeah, they gave it to me. Yeah, but who it's wants like, to do that? You put one in, yeah, and you Joe Rogan and everything talking. It's kind of like you have like to be a serious. Was that? Uh, it's like the old man. No, I don't want to do that. You hear all the like you go to the, you ever go to like a football game? You ever go to, yeah, you ever go to a football game and like the dude sitting next to you is like this old fifty-year-old dude and he's got the AM radio in his ear? That takes away from it to me. I don't know. If I'm there, I want I want to be there. I don't want to be there and hear Joe Rogan. No, no disrespect to Joe Rogan, but you know, I want to be either or. You right, know, right. Um, but I understand. Yeah, that's I, good thing about the earbud—you can take it out. Oh, you're such a—you're. That's because he, yeah, well, he is an old man. You know, <laughs> an old man thing because T Rex is eighty. All right. So, um, so anyway, so I watched the fights with those guys, which is cool. We'll talk about um, the main event. Uh, we'll go. We'll go through the whole fights. The main event: Hunt versus Verdum. Uh, like I said, Hunt hits harder than Nick Diaz's bong. Uh, he's guy hits hard, and he I was. I see that fight going that way. You, you know what? It's weird because I think if Hunt wasn't so short, Verdun doesn't land that knee, you know, and then that that whole fight changes. And it's not like I'm not making fun of his his vertical, you know, but but it's just like it was like that perfectly timed knee. He wouldn't have got that knee on a taller guy Uh, if he was fighting Josh Barnett. He doesn't land. He doesn't he doesn't land that knee. Um, And Hunt was winning that. I mean, not only winning, he was whooping him, and he was throwing punches when everybody was like, "Ooh!" The punches he was misses. He was missing. Ooh! Oh! I mean, uh, it was unfortunate because Hunt was – that fight to me shows that I think Kane's going to run through Verdum because uh, it, it, he was getting dominated by a guy who I don't think is as good as Kane Velasquez. Right. Um, thoughts? Uh, I think – I kind of agree, man. I hate to say it. I, I'm a fan of Verdum, um, and I think that uh, he's a machine right now. He's at the, at the, at the, at the peak of his career. But, uh, yeah, when I saw Hunt – 
barely, or actually he landed a couple of those overhands. He landed a few overhands and he missed a couple of them that would have been home run shots. When I saw the same thing, I realized, wow, he's going to have a real tough time dealing with Kane. All right. Well, I didn't even think about Kane during that fight. I just was thinking about Mark Hunt catching him with one of those, yeah, one of those overhand rights. And um, and I thought that's how the fight was going to end. Like he was going to catch one on the jaw and be asleep, but it didn't turn out that way. And we even talked about that beforehand. Yeah. No. I'm. I think I'm the. I picked Verdum. The rest of you guys pick yeah, Hunt. I picked Verdum. I didn't pick. I didn't pick Verdum by by stoppage though. I mean, I, I, but but I but you know I wanted Hunt to win. Hunt's the more fun guy to win. Hunt also afterwards said, I, I gotta go, I, I'm having marriage problems, I have to go home and get to my wife, which, there's something very pure about Mark Hunt, where it's like, what you see is what you get. Right. You're not gonna get, oh, Mark Hunt's two-faced. Uh, you're, you're gonna get Mark Hunt, which I think people really like to see, and they can identify with a guy like that, yeah, right. um, which, is, which is really cool to see. But the guy loses 40 pounds in two weeks, uh, you know, he comes into a fight with a puncher's chance, and almost does it, has marriage problems, I mean, he's a guy that on Twitter uh, two months ago said, I'm done fighting. Uh, I, I'm retiring. It's not working out. And then uh, 10 minutes later goes, sorry, I was just hungry. I mean, he, <laughs> he obviously has some emotional issues. I mean, as uh, probably a lot of fighters do. Right. But, um, I remember when I was out in Vegas and Ray Seffel was bringing him by. He brought some fighters by and uh, was bringing Mark to the show. And Mark didn't want to come because he was like, are there going to be smoking in the casino? I, I can't be around cigarette smoke. And he refused to go out in the casino. I can't go in there. They're smoking in there. Yeah, no, Hunt. Uh, He's just like a pure dude. Like, very pure dude. And, uh, you know, I, I like him. But a guy that, like, uh, you know, I think fighting every two months is good for him in a way because it keeps him out of trouble. Right. He's a guy that if you don't see for a year, uh, I could see Mark Hunt murdering somebody in the street or something. <laughs> Someone track. Yeah. yeah, I could I could I wouldn't say he's as, as like Tyson esque, but I mean but, you can't tell me you can't see Mark Hunt, somebody spilling a beer on him and being an asshole and then that guy just being like you know, I mean something about Mark Hunt is very dangerous. Keep him in a cage, keep him off the street. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's not for him, it's for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now uh, the, the fight that I don't want to talk about Jeez, come on. But we're gonna have to uh, is Jake Ellenberger, uh, one of my one of my best Best friends, uh, 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 you know, uh, our co-host. All right, so Jake it Ellenberger. Has say, man. It has to be said. It has to be said. Jake's got to get a new a new camp. Come on, uh, Jake. get out of there. Uh, listen, Jake Ellenberger is a very talented and a, one of the probably the nicest guy I ever met in my life. I mean, just a kind, super, super nice guy. soul. Got a guy that will like sit there. I, I, I've been there when he, a homeless guy asked him for money. Not only gives him money, talks to the guy for twenty minutes. Gives to so many charities. Is such an easily influenced guy, though. He 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 almost like naive to a fault, where believes people when they talk to him. I mean, anybody that talks to Jake, he will he will listen and give you the time of day. He's that respectful person. The guy's been through a lot. A marine, like I said, the guy walked on his college wrestling team with no wrestling experience. I mean, who the fuck does that? I mean, I I couldn't handle college wrestling, and I was a, a four time state champ. I mean, yeah, prep school, New England. All right, but still, okay. So that's how tough Jake Ellenberger is. He will get through it. However, there's two types of coaches. And I know from going to acting classes. I didn't go from acting classes. I know from being <laughs> I know from being a wrestling coach for ten years. Granted, I'm a, mid, a middle school wrestling coach, okay? But I'm still a fucking coach, okay? Coaches yeah, right, ten years. I mean, it might be even harder as moms to coach kids that have never done a sport in their life than yeah. to actually coach whatever. What Marina has told me on the podcast, she said it, is that Edmund you know, has this whole thing where he tries to break you down and rebuild you 
in his, I would say, in his likeness or how he sees a fighter should be. I think when you're dealing with world-class athletes, that's a big mistake. Because they're already coming from a place of they're top ten in the fucking world. They got there because of some success. They're already there. Uh, And what I'm seeing with with, with Edmund, and and, and this is hard for me to say this because, A, Jake's my my co-host. B, Marina's a new co-host. Two out of the – they both were for Edmund. Ronda Rousey's mom came on the show. She's a friend of mine. Ronda's a friend. However, look, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a biased guy and just tell you what you want to hear? Because I'll, I'll, I'll say it if they're here. I said it to them. Is that, you know, Jake Ellenberger is not a fucking boxer. And uh, I'm not saying he can't punch, but he's not a boxer. And if you look at the people that he's uh, – Jessamyn Duke, 0-2 uh, since being with Edmund, striking. Shannon Baszler, uh, getting into boxing matches with uh, Betch Carre. Uh, uh, Marina. Second degree black belt in judo gets into a striking contest with a girl who's one and two and, and, and gets and gets stopped. Manny Gambarian losing to uh, to Cody Cody Gibson uh, for two rounds, almost getting stopped. Finally pulls off a guillotine. And, and, and now Jake owing two with this. Maybe this whole system of rebuilding people and to try to is not working. Because what he's doing is he's melting tools that are already working well. And, and he's and he's melting them and then building them back up into some other kind of tool that's not that's not as strong as the first ones were. Fucking Ronda Ronda Rousey is 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 that is basically the what what Hoist Gracie was back in the day when UFC won is what Ronda Rousey is now, and it's no disrespect to the other girls, but she's just in a different class, you know. And and Ronda Rousey, like I said, mom used to wake her up with arm bars when she was two years old, and she was sleeping, and her mom would go, "Always be ready," and and, and you can't get that kind of fucking training. And and I'm not and, and Ronda Rousey is a, a world class athlete, and she's breaking people. And Edmund might be good for Ronda. Sometimes you get a coach that's good for one person. But it doesn't mean you're good for everybody. And, and uh, when, I went, when, I, when I saw Jake in there, he was bobbing and weaving and this and that. He was landing good combinations, but they were boxing combinations in a way of like before, it, it was actually worse technique in my, and this is all coming from a fucking stand-up comedian, so take it with a grain of salt, but he was, he was showing Johnny Hendricks fucking hooks, which were knocking out Nate Marquardt and knocking out uh, other fighters, uh, versus uh, straight rights, which are landing, but they're not as they're not hurting people as much. Kelvin walked through those fucking straight rights because his whole body wasn't behind it because he was throwing them like a boxer, and uh, and then he gets taken down, and then Jake starts overthinking, and that's when you, when you start overthinking when you're down is because you have too many coaches telling you too much shit, and you're not just relying on your instinct. And I think that Jake needs to, if he wants to keep fighting. Needs to go to a, a Black Zillion, uh, a American Top Team, an AKA, even if it's back to rain. Uh, go, go to the Team Alpha Male, wherever you need to go, where you're, you're, he's, he's, he's not the best guy in the room. And he's not the only MMA guy in a fighting gym uh, with a bunch of Armenian boxers. Uh, <laughs> so that's how I feel. Uh, this is the thing. When, when, when you go to a new coach a lot of times and you learn new technique – it takes a couple fights to set to set in. I mean, when you're learning a new style, you're a white belt, you're a blue belt, and it takes months and months. Um, say, I went through the same thing at Black House. I was learning their system. So I was actually, uh, like you said, I was really hoping to see maybe this being his, his, his coming out fight. You know, he had a couple rough fights before that, but I figured, you know what, he's learning a new style, learning a new technique. It's still kind of settling in. By this time, you know, uh, he could be like, you know, 
like a purple belt at this system. But I, I kind of agree, man. I mean, I'm an active fighter, so I, I'm staying pretty uh, <laughs> politically correct. No, don't. That's not, that's not well, the show for that. You know, I think I think Edmonds and Edmund knows what he's doing. You know, he knows he knows striking. But I do agree that maybe you know, not every not your style may not fit every other fighter. You need to sometimes take what they already do well and just tweak it. But what if what if you can't tweak it because you don't have the experience? I mean, uh, as far as I know, Ed, Edmonds Edmonds coaching has been an understudy for Freddie Roach for 10 years, mm-hmm. and which is great, but as a boxing coach, mm-hmm. um, how, many, how many boxers, guys that started off boxing, have succeeded in MMA? It's a different style. It's a different distance. I mean, it's, it's, everything's different about it. Even, even the defense is different, you know, keeping your hands by your chin rather than... I mean, some have. Up. Fabio Maldonado, 22-0 as a boxer. Uh, he takes a beating, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other guys, some guys have done it, but, but, but how many guys that start off as primarily boxers have... have 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 then it's just a different sport. Yeah, and also Jake doesn't have the luxury of time of learning on the fly like that and losing three in a row. But what the, what kind of coach says? Okay, what you're doing is wrong. I'm going to rebuild you, and and my uh, we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to fight. And Travis Brown is the same thing. He comes over from Greg Jackson. He goes. He goes. He goes. I'm learning how to fight right now. Like I'm putting my money on Chaub. I, I, I swear. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but with that kind of thinking, fucking Brent, really? I agree with that. Once you've reached this level of competition and success, you can't rebuild a fighter as much as you just need to tweak their game. And and, uh, exactly. and uh, yeah, maybe that's what it is, man. And like you like you like you noted on earlier with Ronda Rousey. Not only is she another level of of competitor and athlete, but also maybe you know when she came into the sport or when she found Edmund, she really didn't have any striking, so he was able to mold her from the beginning and maybe that's why it's worked with her whereas these other athletes already came in with a with a, a an adopted um striking style and now he's trying to change it and when they already had a style you know so maybe that's what it was and maybe we don't even know about about, about ronda because we haven't seen her in deep waters yet like like we yeah. honestly her last two fights she won by you know with sarah mcmahon kneeing her and, and taking out the other girl in 12 seconds with a punch mm-hmm. but that's a, a combined minute and a half of fighting so right. once a fight slows down and we see that yeah when, when somebody walks through your punches i mean misha tate uh you know I mean, she's a good fighter, but Ronda's beating her. Sometimes when you beat somebody the first time, you know, they're already defeated by the second time they go in there. We'll see with Cad Zingano. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that Ronda Rousey's not going not gonna to beat her because I think she will beat her. I just personally think uh, Jake needs to go to a different camp. And, and look, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not going to go walk to GFC right now because <laughs> people are going to kick me out of there. And, and, I, and I hate saying it, but, I, but, but as much as I hate saying this, I hate seeing Jake struggle. And I hate seeing Jake lose. And I'm just a guy with an opinion, too. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. No, but what you're talking about is is fit, right? Like, I mean, it's just like in the the regular world. Like, some people work for a company, and they just – they're good at what they do, but they just don't fit within that environment. So they have to go somewhere else, and they find success, right? You look at the NFL. You have a coach that, you know, just not successful at a certain certain um, team goes somewhere else, and all of a sudden they're successful, yeah. You know, so it's 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 all about coaching fit and athlete fit fit, and it doesn't seem like that's the right place to to, to be after mm-hmm. twenty some odd fights, thirty fights. He shouldn't be re, reconfiguring his striking style. He should be just sharpening the tools he already has. Exactly. And it doesn't seem like he's getting that. He didn't go for one takedown in that fight. I think he didn't. He didn't go for one takedown in his last three fights. He didn't shoot a takedown. His last three fights. He has not tried for one takedown. 
Right. This is a guy that, from what I hear, at the gym, takes down Mark, takes everyone down at the gym, uh, of a gym of just wrestlers at Rain. I mean, you, you, I mean, Colby Covington last week told us that he t- he takes down Robbie Lawler every time in the gym. That's what Colby said. Uh, so why isn't Jake going for a takedown? You know, what, look, I'm not a fucking co- MMA coach, but it just. This is this is what I get paid to do is give my opinion and this is my opinion. Well, and let's not and, take you know, anything away from what Kelvin did too, right? I mean, nothing what Kelvin did. Kelvin looked amazing. Kelvin's a he's beast. A beast, man. He's Kelvin a beast. is a beast. I knew Kelvin was a, was a beast from the first time I saw him. He was the last pick on the Ultimate Fighter, last pick, pick last, and now he's the youngest guy ever on the show, and now he's number top ten in the world, and he's one of the nicest guys I've mm-hmm. ever met. That's why I couldn't even fucking hate him. And I, and, I, and I was I was proud of him. I'm, I'm proud of the guy. I'm, I just like J- Jake better because I know I know Jake better. <laughs> but I like Kelvin. Uh, but uh, you know, all right. Enough about that. Um, Leslie Smith's ear. Um, it's like, amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> Like I, I I I said like I've watched a lot of porn and never saw a girl's ear squirt. Um, that was uh, last time you see a gash that big. Uh, Jesus, that was a huge gash. That was I, a huge gash. I almost tried to bang it. No, um, <laughs> I started mounting the television. Yeah, there's a hole in my computer where her ear was. Uh, so Leslie Smith's ear. Look. I have see, now. Hold on. Let me ask you this: Do you think she was really trying to continue fighting? Yes. Oh, she, oh, she, oh. man, she seemed very. Dude, if she, did she, she know tough. how her ear looked? Like no. How horrible it was? No. She didn't give a damn. Right. I don't think she knew how bad it was. Like if she looked at the replay, she'd be like, Holy "She's a warrior." Shit, man. She's a fight. warrior. Well, I know from personal experience, I had really bad cauliflower ear in college, like in high school. Like my ear used to get purple, and they used to drain it. It was terrible because the only chicks I liked that were gothic girls, and uh, <laughs> they used to drain my ear every week. Does, and, it, does it hurt when it's like that? When it looks like that? It, it did. It hurts in practice a little bit, you know, and it, it hurts because you're not getting any pussy. <laughs> 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 That's probably the thing that hurts the most. Um, and then I got it. I, I got reconstructive surgery in college on it. Like yeah, you know, and I got okay. done wrestling. It was really bad. I was like, it was basically like Henderson here. You know, it was like fuck. It was bad. And because there was no MMA then, there was no like pride in it. It was just like, what's look at your fucked up ear. <laughs> what's wrong with your ear? Yeah. Well, the spot that she had it as well was what made it bad too. Is like because I know when I get cauliflower ear, when you're when it's on the. Um, like on the end, on the extremities, on the top of the ear, it, it hurts, but it's not as bad as when it's close to your head. Oh, and yeah. hers was pretty much torn from where the me- where the uh, ear meets the head, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, a painful spot. Uh, yeah. I, I happened to Sakuraba, too, in my fight. Didn't it? He got, his ear got caught under the guy's glove. Yeah, he yeah. pulled his hand and it, like, ripped his ear off. Yeah, it was crazy. I was happy for Jessica I though, because uh, I like her a lot. And uh, I'm going to see her this week in Toledo, I think. Are you? Yeah, I've got a gig in Toledo this weekend. And I'm going to see Jessica I. And I was happy. I like that girl a lot. She's she another girl that has, uh, you know, a lot of issues. <laughs> but um, but but she's she's great. She looks she, good. She's the one that busted the ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had, she had uh, real good head movement, good hands, man. Sharp girl. James, Thompson, impressed with her a lot. James Thompson style. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Thompson's fighting um somebody uh, in Bellator. Bell- Bellator. Yeah. I think Sokaju, right? Is he fighting Sokaju? Who's he fighting? He's fighting somebody in Bellator. And then, in the, and then the, it was like one of those things where UFC 180. Bobby uh, Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Oh, uh, were we just talking? About, we were just talking about Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. The second round, Bobby will be done. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good fight. Perfect. Perfect. You know, uh, we'll talk about Bellator. We're going to, we got Hector Lombard coming on in two minutes. And then we're yeah. going to talk about Bellator. But first, <laughs> so Humberto Brown shit himself on the, like, the prelims. Um, 
which is great because people were like hashtagging doo doo brown right. and um <laughs> and like there was a bunch of dude wipes jokes it was like right. just and uh man you kind of it was like and the camera guy zoomed right in on it i mean I, it was like it, it just kept getting worse and you could actually see i think uh Mario Yamasaki say to him like, "Hey, you keep shitting yourself. I'm gonna stop the fight." Or something. Said something to him. <laughs> and that's what somebody in like Spanish. Yeah, he got the shit beaten out of him. And he got then he got then he got choked out afterwards. So it was like just a rough night, you know. Dude, he's probably not. Yeah. How do you get recover from that? Like that night <laughs> you go to bed, you're like, dude, I shit myself and I lost. It happens though, man. It happens. Like everybody who's rolled jujitsu or wrestling at one time, you know. I've shit myself in a wrestling match. Squeezes one out, and I told you. I think I told Squeezes you. Squeezes one at the comedy out. Comedy show the other night when I was there. I I, sh- I think I shit myself a little bit during the the fight in in, in Brazil, man. My really? was all messed up in Brazil, and when he had that guillotine real tight, I know I know I I, I squeezed one out, and it felt a little damp. But what you got to do is you got to layer up your your. Uh, your tights, your underwear. You can't just wear. Um, you gotta put like a max really? pad in the yeah, back. Yeah, I put well, not a max pad, it's a but I, I'll, 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 I'll wear my underwear. I'll wear tights. I'll wear my shorts on top just in case something does happen. Wow. Okay. But, but hit Browns was pretty severe. I, yeah. I, I'm, mine was nothing like that. Just gotta start wearing. I think camouflage I had a wet shorts. fart. He pretty much shit himself. <laughs> 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 this could be the threat title of the show. Uh, Alan Jabon shit himself from Brazil. Yeah. Just so you know, it's gonna get. That's guy. Wow. That's what's well, good to know from a fighter that guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of guys have done, has done it. I've done it during a comedy show one time. Like, no I'm not. Well, I started shitting, and then I had to like do the show, and then and then I'm like, you know, you're up there, you're sweating, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I could just, I could feel it coming out a little bit. I'm like, I'm holding it in, and then I gotta sell CDs afterwards, and still like right. <laughs> Hold just, on, let me ask you this. To be honest, is that the same time that that girl? What? Ate your asshole. <laughs> After that, you're telling me yes. chili. Yes, yes you're actually. You're telling me that that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How gross is that? I met a girl that that, that ate my butt like uh, after a show, and. Uh, <laughs> And I think it was the same night. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, you you have you have severe problems." Uh, oh but I I wasn't gonna stop her though. You know, I mean, I definitely I, I wiped it before that. I mean, it was definitely wiped out. But it, I, I definitely did not shower. Are we having this conversation for real? When did uh, I see you again? Yeah. yeah oh man. Yeah. Did she no. try to kiss you after? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Are you out of your mind?" I'm like, "Man, you you, you need to." Anyway, all right. So Hector, speaking of Hector Lombard, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Hector Lombard, uh, we're gonna call him right now. And then we're going to talk Bellator, we're going to talk Anthony Magana's tweets, we're going to talk uh, John Alessio, we have him on coming on, and then the big announcement that never came yesterday, um, the time is now, uh, it never actually happened. So we're going to talk about all that on the podcast, and first we'll talk to Lombard, thank you for listening. How are you man, how's everything going? Yeah, yeah, good man, it's going yeah, you sound you sound happy. That's a good thing. Uh, well, I have to be happy. That is, you know, like what else can I do? Put some gas right now, you know? Right. You know. How was uh? How was uh? It was good seeing you on TV, man. How was uh? Mexico. Ah uh, man, it was great. I tell you, I will tell you as much. It's one of the best. You know, it's one of the best times I ever had in my life. Nice. nice, nice. Wow, what happened? Donkey show? No, I mean, like, uh, I, f- I, felt, I felt like Obama. <laughs> I ended up to everywhere, you know, high security, mm. uh, police officers around us. Mm. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. Were, were the police officers protecting you or following you? 
Nice. Nice. Now, did uh, the Mexican girls, I know that you said that you pull the most tail. By the way, last week we had Colby Covington on who said that uh, Tiago, Tiago Alves, right, uh, gets more girls than you do. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm gonna argue with that. He's honest. He's and, honest. You know the reason why is because I'm going for it. Ah, uh, okay. They come for me, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes I pass it. Most of the times I pass it because I'm not into that much. You know, what I mean, like I don't, I don't want to be like a woman either. But, but yeah, you know, like I don't say like anybody else is a woman. I should have that. But I'm saying like, you know, I should focus on my fight. You know, in my career. Right, that's true. Because women, women, they they gotta be there all the time, you know. Like, yeah. And um, res- with with respect, how you know? I mean, I you know, they I can't go that crazy for that. Yeah, they could be a distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, with you know, talking about what are you saying about uh, Mexico women? I didn't really go to see any pretty up there. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it was in, I don't know, like, uh, maybe because I was in the, at the hotel all the time um, or whatever. But, I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't see any, any haughty ones. Mm-hmm. You, know? you didn't see any stunners? Yeah, I didn't see any hot, any hot chick. Well, you're also like in Florida, and like you got all those Cuban girls in Florida, who you know, it's the most beautiful. I actually don't. I'm, I'm. I actually don't. I'm in a. I'm in a in in the place where. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit far from from the Cuban chicks. Hmm. I'm in Boca. Are you in Boca? Like Boca Raton is like more like. Uh, it's like uh, old Jewish ladies. Yeah, like a Jewish. Yeah, old Jewish, Jewish ladies. Area. Yeah. So you tell me that you don't hook yeah. up with the old Jewish ladies? Um. <laughs> you have to even think about, about it. it. <laughs> come um, on, brother. Come on. You, you, mm. give, you're giving me a hard time right now. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Look at the muscles on that Schwarzer. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's amazing. Who's talking there? <laughs> <laughs> it's Irma Lincoln Felter. How are you? Is that a woman or an old lady? It's who, an who old lady. How dare you, young man? How dare you? Is that a Jewish woman? <laughs> it's an old Jewish lady. I'm getting spilkies in my Connecticutzoid. <laughs> give me, give me some money. Give me some money. That's what I need. <laughs> Come over here and earn it, baby. <laughs> hey, give me some money. <laughs> I need some money. Is she going to give me some money? Give I me- need some of that Cuban cigar. <laughs> okay, give me that give me big Cuban cigar and I'll give I, you some money, I, I give, honey. Give me money. Give me money. All right, buddy. How will you need? How will you need? Hey, um, so um, I was in Mexico and uh, May. You know, I can't, I can't get, I can't, I can't take out of my mind. Like I feel like a Mr. Obama. Like helicopters everywhere, Apaches, uh, high security, uh, police officers. Uh, I mean, that shit was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, that that shit was crazy, bro. 
Hey, Hector, this is Alan, man. So, why why were they treating you guys with uh, such first class service? Was it just because uh, the fans well, were so, like swarming you well, guys I everywhere believe, you went? I believe I believe that they treat us that way because uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he's he's a mafia down there, and uh, you know they might they might they might scare to uh, to us to get hijacked yeah. more for security reasons and you whatnot. Yeah, gotcha. Got the cartels down there. <laughs> no, no, that's Alan. Alan Juban. Ask him. Ask him. He was there. He can tell you. No, 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 no. Alan was there. Alan, uh, <laughs> Alan fought in uh, Brazil two weeks ago. Did you watch the UFC card with uh, Shogun and um, and OSP? Yeah, I was the car. Okay, well, Alan fought. Uh, he was the co-main event. He fought against a Brazilian. I thought he got robbed. Uh, he uh, he fought on that card. He 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 fought right before Shogun did. He's a good looking guy, good looking guy. Uh, he was like a model, and uh, he, he 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 became a fighter. And then before that, who did you fight? Seth Bozinski, right? Yeah, Seth was Seth Bozinski was my debut. He fought Seth Bozinski on his uh, debut. Okay. So no, wait. So, but but good to know that the UFC is looking after us, man. Good to know that. So Hector, so now you're back in Florida. You got Josh Berkman in January, right? Yeah. Now, um, now, how's how's training going for Josh? Yeah, I mean it's going. I mean, I didn't go. Out of... Hello. Not there because you know they uh, we had to do a lot of interviews and uh, a lot of signing autographs and uh, you know we're constantly busy up down there. But uh, I'm back. I'm back home and um, I am actually on my way to train. You know, I'm in I'm in the truck with with my boy Diet. We can do some uh, some boxing and stuff, but um, yeah, um, didn't didn't got to uh, didn't got the opportunity to train that much up there down in uh, in Mexico. Hey, what are you doing, Dyer? What are you doing, man? Come on, man, go back! It's not stopping here. We're gonna get into an accident, man. <laughs> Uh, what's going on? Are you guys robbing? Are you guys robbing a bank right now? What's, what's going on? No, man, just my boy guy doesn't know how to drive. Ah, oh, gotcha. <laughs> Please, guys, just don't get into it. Don't get calling me, man. You wouldn't even drive. I want to get. I want to get my point safe. Damn it. Um, sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. That was normal. Um, now, uh, are, are you fi- now? Uh, I know that. Uh, on Twitter recently, you you were you were upset because certain guys don't want to fight you, and uh, I know I know Ben Askren. Hey, hey, no, 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 no. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, I call up my bro. Okay, I call up that guy. <laughs> Say that he doesn't want to. You know, he's injured. He's fighting in, in January, bro. Yeah, he just got confirmed. Yeah. So he's he... going on with it. Tarek Sefadine. So you think you think Matt Brown was scared to fight you? Who wouldn't be? Yeah, of course. Okay, you're a smart guy. You know, you know what's going down, and uh, you know, Dana White's been uh, working hard uh, to get a to get a fight for me and stuff. And I see all these guys; they're just training, training the fight. They don't want to fight. You know, I think that uh, that's pretty embarrassed for you know for their behalf. To be honest, you feel embarrassed for the for the UFC? No, no, no. From uh, the fighters' behalf. Are you, if you, uh, you, you, you know, Dana's been trying. Dana's been trying his best to uh, get the get the fight. You see what he did? You know he signed uh, Josh Beckman out of uh, World Series of Fighting. Series. To, uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's crazy that they have to find people from other organizations to fight you. I've never heard of that. Right. I, I, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing. I'm grateful. Uh, I have to say thanks to Donald White and Lorenzo to, uh, you know, reach up to uh, all the guys outside of the UFC so I could get me a, they could get me a fight. It's like I, the Patriots I, I going to the more, CFL to get guys to play them. I can't be more grateful than that. I can't be more grateful than that. I can tell you that for fun. And, uh, and, you know, fighting in, in the car that I'm fighting, you know, it makes me happy. But is it hard for you to get up for that, though? Because if you beat Josh Berkman, you beat a guy that wasn't really even ranked. And then if you lose, you're, you're totally screwed because now you, now you go down 10 notches. Is it kind of a no-win for you? Uh, life is all about risk. Life, life is all about risk. And, uh, you know, I, I've been taking risks in Tabon. So, I mean, I can't care less for that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, now. Like, now, Ben Askren on Twitter recently has been challenging you to a wrestling match. Wait, wait. Why do you mention that guy, bro? It's <laughs> <laughs> boring. It's boring. He's never going to get to fight in the UFC. Why he's wasting his time calling me up? Fucking idiot. <laughs> okay? I'll be telling him, like, listen, you want to fight me? Just call me up outside, the, outside, whatever. Like, oh, you know, why no, we don't need a That shit happen. No, he said he wanted. Well, he said that you said that you beat him in wrestling. So now he wants to officially I wrestle. Did. I did. I, I did. I actually did. He knows he went for double leg, and I was kind of like flip him over. I went with the Tomuk guy. He knows that. I mean, let's face it. I don't talk shit. No, you don't talk shit at all. But 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 what? But I'm saying that he said that he he would he'll, he'll wrestle you in the Ben Askren Invitational or something or some kind of tournament he has. And um, he's, yeah, he's a boring fighter. What he does, he, he, he's not even, he, he, he doesn't even fight. He's just going hard people. Okay. So, now, I've had got... Who, who wants to see Hagen fight? <laughs> who wants to see Hagen fight? Nobody <laughs> wants to see Hagen fight. Start with the Hagen shit. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he needs to be smarter with uh, his, uh, you know, with, you know the things that he does because... He makes no no sense at all, and uh, you know when you, when you you make no sense, you make no money. You know, <laughs> first of all, you should never go you should never go in, into uh, the the big boss bad side. That's one. Right. Because okay? how can you talk shit about the guy who write you the check? Okay. How? You can't make dollars if you don't make sense. Yeah, that was, that was really dumb. Calling Dana White a fat, okay. bald man, okay. and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you calling? It's kind of like Tito Ortiz. It's a dumbass. <laughs> you know, calling, calling Dana White and, and, and writing a shirt, you know, saying shit about the guy who write you a check. Are you stupid? Yeah, why would you do That's that? That's the dumbest in my life. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I I. That's, I mean, you know. I mean, you know, I don't even want to talk about guys. We, you know, guys like that. To be honest, there. You know, what I mean, like, freaking guy doesn't make sense. So, okay, let's say you beat Josh Berkman. Now, now there was a guy from the UFC that contacted me. I, I did say that I have Hector Lombard on the show. A guy from the UFC hit me up on DM. He said, "Ask Hector who he wants to fight next if he gets past Josh Berkman." I uh, we don't know it. We don't know it. Tyler Willie, Tyler Willie, baby. We are not. Mm-hmm. Tell me baby. Now, but yeah. now, now, now hey, I, love, I love the way you, you I, I love the way you talk. <laughs> now, now, what about what about Hector Lombard Jr.? Hey, 
Hello. Hey, where is he at? Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> Damn, that hey. guy, that guy's insane. Hey, at the end of the day, we, we you, guy. you come up here, I go down there. It doesn't matter. That guy's insane. That guy's insane. I'm not insane, man. I, I tell you one thing, you know. Uh, hey, hey, look, you know, look. That, you know, Time for talk is done. Yeah, hold on, man. Hold on. My hey. bad, my bad. Go ahead. Junior, let me, let me, let me talk. Okay. Hey. Shut up! All right. <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> Shut up for a second. Sorry, man. Sorry. All right. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I love your show. And uh, I actually, you know, I need a job, you know, after you know, fighting, uh, my, my, my fighting career finished. So maybe I can... I can... I can, I can work with you guys. 100%. <laughs> that, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that, dude? Are you kidding? Our ratings would go through the roof. Oh, God. Hector, I don't think you realize how, how loved you are by the fans. The hardcore fans love you, and, and, and the women love you. Black women. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, black women are hit, 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 hit up my Twitter all the time going, when's Hector coming back? Well, they get wet, they get wet by, by my action, bro. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Uh, listen, especially now, like you have to be going Spanish, right? You guys have to go Spanish too. What the fuck? Yeah. Hey, Evan, uh, Evan, can you, know, you, you, you help him get a job or what? If you have to go Spanish, <laughs> you guys have to go Spanish, right? Right. Lombard Deportes. Yeah, Lombard Deportes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I think we'll kill it. We'll kill out there. It would. And by the way. <laughs> By the way, I texted your buddy Yoel twice, and he didn't get back to me. He was, on, you the, yeah. he was on the stool. <laughs> nah, he, he doesn't use his phone, bro. Oh, he doesn't bro, use his phone. Get out of the kill, bro. You're driving too fast, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? He's driving too fast. He's driving too fast. He's like, you're driving too fast. You're going to kill him. <laughs> I'm fucking nervous right now, please. Oh, man. We should have a Hector Lombard GPS. <laughs> Drop with the vest, man. Slow down. Turn right. <laughs> hey, man. You missed that turn. <laughs> hey, Hector. Hector. Yo. I wanted to say thank you for the gear, man. Yeah, by the way, yeah. That that, that was great. I came home one day and there was a box hey, sitting on the front uh, porch of, of shirts and, I wanna, and I wanna jackets. I want to see some more. I want to see some more. Check, check, uh, check online what, what you guys like, and I uh, want to send you some more. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing, man. Yeah. Um, Adam and I both have our jackets with us right now. Yeah, I like wear it everywhere. I, I am so proud. Someone's like, how many, how many stuff do you send you? I go, no, I wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, are you kidding? Cool. Hector Lombard sends me a shirt. I'm fucking wearing it every day. <laughs> I'll send you some more, Mike. Send me, send me up. Uh, send me a text with the stuff that you like down there in, uh, in, the, in the page, and... Uh, I send it. I send it over to you guys. Okay. Yeah, my pleasure. But um, yeah. Uh, respect with uh, talking about Mexico. I reckon. I reckon you guys should, you know, start looking into it. I reckon you guys should start looking into a, a Spanish version. You know, I mean, who doesn't like Spanish? Come on, man. What? Mexico <laughs> already need, you know, English slash Spanish. Can you imagine when I talk Spanish? Bonita. <laughs> Bonita. Misha Tay was next to me when uh when, when uh we you know we doing the we were doing the signing autograph. 
Wow, she might leave Caraway for Lombard. That'd be a, that'd be <laughs> a huge. Everyone, everyone was saying like, Misha, I want to marry you. Misha, I want to marry you. Wow. And I said to Misha, uh, I said to I said to Misha, Misha, you should start uh, asking those guys like, are you a millionaire? <laughs> because if you're not a millionaire, it doesn't make sense to marry you. <laughs> right. You know, like because everyone, everyone. They ask for an autograph sign. Say, oh, Tisha, can I marry you? Tisha, can I marry you? And Misha, can I marry you? I'm like, what the hell? Every single person. Even the girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Misha's, Misha's, was, Misha's a trip. Funny. It was funny because uh, it was a chick down there in Mexico. She came out with her underwear. And she's like, sign my underwear. Did, uh, across the stains. Like, Wait, did, now, now, did you sign her underwear? Ah uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of underwear, what? what I'm, I'm there to sign. I get, I'm getting. I have to do my job, so I'm there to sign. Yeah, you gotta so, do it. You gotta do it. I think twice about it. I think twice. Like, should I sign it? But you know, like, I knew she was going to get pissed off if if I wouldn't. Mm. So I don't want to kind of like say no to the thing. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I didn't look at it and I signed it. But, uh, but ha- I, wasn't, I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. Everyone did. So. Did you uh, Did you smell them? Come on. Actually, it was a new underwear. So that's oh, boo. Now, did you sign the front? <laughs> oh, oh no, no, she, no, she was she was wearing her underwear and you signed it? Or you signed it? I, I signed the top, the, the very top part. I didn't went down there. So, oh, okay. You know, I, you know, the top part and uh, she was happy. And then uh, the guys were laughing, but the guys signed it too. So you know, it wasn't only me. But um, mm. I was gonna say if John that's Dyson that's popped that's out of the How for these uh, the Mexican things out? You know, it would come with the shirt. They take they, they would take the shirt off, and they would say like, "Sign my shirt." <laughs> I mean, like yeah. Well, I love the, the, the sweatshirt's dope, by the way. And by the way, Hector, there's no reason why you should not be working it. Fox, and also working for the UFC. I mean, who's going to know more about moves and about fighting than you? And, uh, you know, you're a charismatic guy. And, uh, you know, if I was in charge of hiring people, I would hire you in two seconds. But uh, let's put that out there. So the fans listening to the podcast, tweet out, you want to see Hector Lombard on Fox Deportes and on UFC Deportes. Tell them that you want to see it. And maybe someone will on the Twitterverse, so that'll help get, get you the job. So. Oh yeah, I would love to. And uh, you know, I, I got a lot of comments. I got a lot of comments even by the by the UFC stuff, saying like, uh, you know, I did a pretty good job down there, and uh, uh, the fans they were all happy, and uh, even even the, the the people from Mexico were saying like, wow, you know, I can't believe like you guys so so easy going. You know, you guys signing every single autograph and uh, take photos with every single fan and. Uh, and um, you know, they they there were people down there. They used to work for uh, football players, NFL players, and stuff like that. And uh, they were saying like, "Wow, you guys are so different. Like, yeah, you guys really took your time and um, you know, please everything." Yeah, I find that MMA fighters are a lot more accessible to the fans and like more. You know, I think probably because the workouts you guys go to, it's just 
are so grueling that you, yeah, you know, it like humbles the shit out of you guys in some ways. <laughs> you guys just, you guys know, you guys are so happy. And plus, the sport's relatively new, so you're happy that people are so excited to actually watch you guys and pay you guys. Well, Hector, man, love to have you on anytime. Always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on our show. We love having you, man. And tell the dude driving to slow down. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Take Thank care. You. Thank you. Thank you, man. Take, take care. care. Have a good day, guys. You too, brother. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Hector. <laughs> was Hector <laughs> We have uh, we have John Alessio coming up next, and then we're going to close out the show. We have we're going to talk about. Um, I, I, we got to get some Maganya's tweets. They're really funny. And then we got. Is, you, she, is she mad at you? No, uh, we'll talk about that. And then we have the fight coming up uh, this week. He, uh, we got our predictions for um, uh, all the no. I mean, Cup Swanson versus Edgar. Uh, this week, UFC, on, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good fights this week. So we're going to call it John Alessio right now, and uh, thank you guys for listening. So we have the a legend in MMA, a guy who's been in the UFC, WEC, King of the Cage, Pride, the MFC, and Dream. John Alessio, how are you, man? I'm, I'm doing great, thanks. Man, uh, it's a long list. Yeah, you say it. You're on. You're on with uh, T Rex as well as uh, Alan Juban. What's up, man? Oh, nice. What's going on, guys? Not much. Uh, I was uh, going through your, uh, your 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 career. Now, are you are you retired now? Or are you still fighting? What's going on? No, I'm a contractor with Bellator right now. Um, just waiting for to get a fight in the new year here. But uh, I'm definitely. Uh, slowing down the you know the amount of fights that you know I do I'm uh, working towards being a firefighter plus I, I own my own uh, clothing store here in Las Vegas so nice. I'm uh, getting to that point you know where it's time to get close to hanging them up kind of thing but now I'm just kind of doing it for more fun than anything. I mean you've had 53 fights. That's that's ridiculous. That's a ton, man. That's <laughs> insane. Boxing career. I mean that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but now when I went over to um to Drysdale's gym you were you were there that day right? Yeah, I was. I remember you. Yeah. Did we actually train together or no? I don't think we got a chance to to go together. We were doing wall drills that day, and uh, seemed like we had kept getting you know paired up with somebody else. And, yeah, yeah, I kept getting so, yeah. I kept getting paired up with uh, Karina for some reason, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> money to use. Yeah. Now, um, now, now you also I read that you are you are, you won two national titles in BMX trick biking. Yeah, it was a, it was a division called uh, Observe Trials. Uh, it was like basically you take your bike and you go through an obstacle course, um, like up, down, over things, and you're not allowed to put like your foot, foot down, down at all because it's touching the ground. And uh, yeah, I actually won you know two national titles as that as a 16 year old kid um, competing against you know basically grown men that are like full on sponsored. I drove down to California from you know Canada where I lived at the time and. Uh, beat a couple of these like you know big time pros they pulled up in their huge rvs with like you know their rvs are wrapped with their name and their bike sponsors and i pulled up in like a 1982 uh toyota corolla <laughs> rusted right out no ac <laughs> and i still beat these guys <laughs> wow nice. trial trial biking is crazy man you guys ride on like skinny rails and have like ridiculous brakes where they're like hopping on one wheel like the back wheel and hop yeah, up, hop up on like five feet on one, like balancing on the back wheel and hop up five feet onto something else wow. with one wheel. It's crazy. If you ever watch it, it's amazing to watch these dudes. Wow. That, I'm surprised you even know what it is, man. It's such I a, know what it a, is. A, like an unknown sport. Yeah, yeah, right. I've been riding freestyle since the days of Eddie Fiola. Oh, nice. Back okay, so yeah, you understand, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. No, I mean, you've, obviously, you, you were uh, – and you were kind of a, a, a prodigy. I mean, your first UFC fight ever, which I watched, was against Pat Militich. You're 20 years old. Jesus. Going up against a Hall of Famer who was, I think, the champion, right, at the time? He was. This was that was his fifth title defense, and that was my UFC debut. Holy <laughs> wow, man. Jesus Christ! Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it, that's like the epitome of being thrown to the wolves, you know. Um, but like my here was the situation. I just won a tournament in Hawaii. I don't know if everybody remembers Super Brawls, but uh, one of the you know the coolest shows ever. Where a lot of you know big names came out of. Uh, Vito Belfort was in there, and. You know, a bunch of other good names, but I won a tournament, which was all in one night. And uh, I got the phone call from Joe Silva, but this is UFC when it was SEG Sports, not Zufa. And uh, they gave me an option. They're like, do you want to fight Matt Hughes or Pat Miletic for the belt? And I basically thought that that was a no-brainer. <laughs> so I took the title shot. <laughs> wow. How many fights into your career were you at that time? I believe I had a 10-1 record, 10-2 oh, wow. record, something like that at the time. Yeah. At 20 years old, you had a 10-1 record. Wow. That's impressive, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually did really well. I mean, you were actually you actually won the first round. It was pretty close, actually, the first round. And then uh, it was a pretty close fight. And then he, he, he like, got you in the second. But still, having that experience, I mean, what type of horrible management do you have? <laughs> where, where... <laughs> you know, that was basically all me back then, you, you know, just getting fights and uh, got into the, you know, the Super Bowl on my own and uh, – you know, I was training with the Lions Den. If anybody remembers that, that gym. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> back in the day. And uh, you know, like my very first night, I moved to California. It's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, the guys, you know, the team wanted to take me out, so it was me, Ken Shamrock, Pete Williams, who was the UFC heavyweight champion at the time, uh, Vernon Tiger White, um, Alex Andretti, uh, you know, another guy that was in the UFC. Um, so my very first night, they all they took me out to. Some of you California guys will know this and remember Club Rubber. Club like Rubber. Rave. Yeah. <laughs> Club and, Rubber. And uh, so they took me out to that, and uh, I just, you know, my first night in California, I shared a bed with Pete Williams. That's actually a pull-out couch. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Now, yeah. now, now, so you, Ken Shamrock, Pete Williams at Club Rubber. Now, <laughs> now, all these guys, it's like a rave. They're all doing, like, glow sticks and ecstasy. Are you guys just beating people up? Are you guys making out with chicks? What's going on at Club Rubber? Uh, you, you want to you want to know the best part is Ken Shamrock's outfit. All right, he went to the. <laughs> so I'm calling him out on this one. He had black tight leather pants with no shirt on, and that's how he the club rubber. No oh shirt and black, God. like skin tight black leather pants. I and I'm talking about I'm a small kid from Canada, you know, a, a small town in Canada, you know, of population of like twenty five thousand. And my first night in California, this is what I'm. I'm subjected to you know oh my god they get me into the place it's 21 and over i'm only 19 so they they managed to get me into the into you know cause, yeah, the connection or whatever so i'm an underage kid partying with these guys and they're in this crazy outfit and like <laughs> i didn't know what the hell to expect you know <laughs> now, now was the lion's den was it I, I, I know right now there's a whole thing right now on the internet as far as like uh, crazy, you know, with Rose Namajunas, uh, with uh, what's his name, Duke Rufus, saying there's like bullying at the gym and this and that, and and a lot of people are saying, well, back in the day with Militich and that hardcore, that that's how gyms were as far as like you had to, they kind of weeded out the guys that weren't ready. Was that how the Lions Den was? 
Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, it was, in you know, we don't call it, back then you didn't call it bullying. You just called it survival of the fittest. You know, now we got this whole anti-bullying campaign going on, and I get it. I understand, you know, that there's bullying that shouldn't be happening. But then there's also bullying that's not bullying. It's just, you know, just man up and be tough. You know, it is like the top of the food chain kind of life we live, you know, and especially back then, I mean, uh, uh, here's a quick rundown of a day practice at the lion's den. This is one practice. Okay. So it would start off with five, five minute rounds of jump rope. Then you would do five, five minute rounds of jujitsu. Then you would do five, five minute rounds of kickboxing sparring. Then you would do five, five minute rounds of MMA sparring. This is one practice. Okay. And then you have to come back later on. <laughs> wow. So, it, it was absolutely ridiculous, you know, and I'm getting stuck with guys in Shamrock on top of me. I remember one day my ear was so black and blue that I, I pretty much just thought it was going to fall off at some point in time that week. It was just disgustingly. It didn't really swell. Like, I don't have cauliflower ear, but uh, it was dead looking, you know, like frostbit dead looking. And, and then when you're training with yeah. Ken Shamrock, do you have any idea what the fuck he's doing? I mean, is it? Because you're coming from a, I mean, at that time he was the world's most dangerous man. He literally was probably the world's most dangerous man. I mean, was he just doing stuff that you were just like, what is going on here? Yeah, and there was no mercy. You know, like, he's on top of you, grounding and pounding the crap out of you. There's, A, you don't tap. You're not allowed to, you know. And, and B, you just, you know, it's he's trying to make you a man kind of thing. And it was just go. And, you know, luckily I, I had that in me since, you know, a young age of never give up, never quit. You know, it's just something my dad installed in me and, you know, starting off MMA back in the day, that's just kind of how it was. I didn't get to see it any other way. There was no amateurs. There was no gloves. My very first few MMA practices in a garage were on a bunch of underlay, you know, and carpet. And we went at it bare knuckle. It's just kind of how it was. Jesus, that's, <laughs> so. Wow. That's amazing that you have 53 fights later and you're still fighting for fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you uh, fought Andre Goval. Uh, that was, that was, uh, well, that's the guy that beat Weidman, right? In the, uh, in the Abu Dhabi. I'm not sure. Yeah. He's the jujitsu world champion. Yeah. I, I took that fight on like a week and a half notice too. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, Dream needed to fill some fill the tournament. I took the spot, and a lot of my fights have been like that, like short notice. And I've always been the guy to call, like, "Hey, you you need a tough guy that'll come fight." And you know, there there I am, you know, on speed dial. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. I, I remember being. I was actually working for the MMA awards, and I was we were shooting something at Extreme Couture, and it was like the day after you beat War Machine. Uh, I was okay. in I was in that gym. And, and then uh, you were really pumped about choking out War Machine. Yeah, that, that was good. You know, I mean, uh, it, it was weird because at the time we were training partners for a while, and then he moved to San Diego, and there was like a three-month gap where he wasn't around. And then I was supposed to fight uh, Brad Blackburn, and he pulled out and got uh, injured. So uh, War Machine stepped in. I was like, oh, that's weird. I, thought, I kind of thought it was weird he took the fight. You know, I was like, I thought we were – but whatever he needed the money because he was getting ready to go to jail <laughs> he was literally going to jail we fought on a friday night he was had to turn himself in that monday i believe so uh yes. he was trying to make a little bit of money for his wife at the time and uh yeah that's that's what happened yeah no you, you've had a crazy career man uh and, and by the way your wife is one of the hottest chicks i've ever seen in my life just so you know i was looking oh, well, thank you i was looking at her she's a she's a, a, a model right She's done some modeling, yeah, back in the day, yeah. 
Uh, okay. I mean, I, I'm looking at the picture right now. I'll, I'll uh, show everybody the picture so they can. That's his wife. Uh, pretty, pretty smoking lady. Yeah, smoking. Uh, good work on that. <laughs> good um, job, buddy. Now, I, I know <laughs> that. Uh, I, I know that recently Angela Magana uh, was tweeting stuff out. Um, so basically, what happened was uh, Magana said uh, a couple things. I. I I said that uh, even Mayhem Miller thinks that Magania has problems, right? And then, uh, and then Magania writes, "Well, I wouldn't lose to that chump uh, Bisbing." And then Bisbing writes, "Who the fuck are you? Uh, you know, what are you, the latest girl on Ultimate Fighter? Uh, let's see where you are in ten years." And then, it, and then it just, it just, everything just starts piling on. And then Magania starts writing things like, um, "Hey, uh, uh, somebody on the Ultimate Fighter has a really hairy vagina." Uh, guess who? Uh, she starts saying that I think that the female fighters should actually have strap-on dildos when they fight. That way, the the uh, ref won't stop it because of the quick stoppages. I mean, just I mean, she's just going crazy. Like, I mean, I'll I'll read you some of her tweets, and then we'll I'll, we'll talk about how John Alessio gets involved in, in like two seconds. So, uh, yeah, Magania writes. Um, One girl on the Ultimate Fighter has never shaved her snatch. It's a full-blown hooded warrior. I'll let you guys guess. The girl has serious case of trench snatch. You could actually smell her snatch coming from a room away, right? So uh, then she writes. Um, uh, so then she writes something about. I go, if Magania was in the WSOF. It would be the World Series of, of a failure. Um, and then she go, and then so she keeps going. And then uh, she goes, uh, I'm gonna make. Who wants to see me naked? So then John Alessio writes, honestly, who would want to see Magania naked? Unless it's that factor of watching midget porn. Or a girl blowing a horse, just cause. So, <laughs> so then, so then Magania starts coming in on Jelena, John Alessio, and then Cody McKenzie chimed in saying that uh, I don't know something about uh, she hopes Magania kicks him in the balls, and then it, it just became this whole thing on Twitter. Uh, so, uh, do you care to comment on this, John? Yeah, I mean. I- <laughs> First of all, I, I so I started reading back too, and I saw like you, you know you always crack on on anybody that deserves to be joked on, you know, yeah. or, or put themselves in a position to be joked about, and, and I, I I consider that an honor, you know what I mean, to be to be like uh, roasted, you know. So I haven't got roasted by you yet, so I'm waiting for it. But all right. Anyways, uh, so yeah, you're you know you're roasting her or whatever, and I, I think it's funny, and she's getting like super, you know, kind of like aggressive and like mean to you. So I, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna. My turn to chime in, you know, and this is a good fun to see if she could take it, you know. And I had no idea what her responses were. It was the weirdest responses, and I didn't get it. Like her kitty cat was going to take me out or something, and I was, I was just truly confused, you know. And, like, and everybody's responses, you're like, well, let's try to help you figure this out because nobody really knew, you know. And uh, I just thought it was really odd. And but you know, I think she took it in all good yeah, fun well, at the same time. I'm hoping, you know. Well, she's, um, she's calling herself like the the uh, the the queen on Twitter, and then she's like, she said to you like that you're you're that you couldn't handle her vagina. I think she was saying, and then uh, and then and then you said like, I'm a married man, so I can't handle like I don't get to see any more vaginas or something. It was something funny. Well, it was yeah. like about your wife, so it was it was it was, uh, it was you were being right, self-deprecating, right. but oh my god! Now I was saying that I was reading stuff about you last night. One of the guys you wish you would have fought was Nick Diaz, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and no disrespect to him or anything. I just think that uh, you know, I obviously think the world of his fighting abilities. You know, he's. I think it would have been a really good fun fight and. Seems like every time I really try to get in there and like really stand with people, you know, they end up 
just trying to wrestle the whole fight. And I'm sure, you know, Alan can, uh, uh, relate to that, you know, with guys not wanting to stand and trade with them. You know, he's got great kickboxing, by the way, I thought you won your last fight. Uh, just put that out there. <laughs> Thank you. Brother. Um, it seems to be the general you know, consensus. But, uh, you know how it goes. The guys just want to start, you know, they feel your power a little bit and like, Oh man, you know, they underestimate your stand up, and then they get cracked a few times. And then it's like, I'm going to just lay on you. And, so, yeah, I thought a guy like him, you know what I mean, would just be a – I would never have to worry about a takedown coming from him. You know, it could be a true, like, boxing fight, you know, and I love boxing. You know, I like the kick and the knee and stuff as well, but boxing is where, like, my, my real heart is at for, for striking. So I just think it would have been a hell of a boxing match with small gloves. <laughs> that, would, that would be an exciting fight. I think Nick is the kind of guy, like you said, that would oblige you in, in the stand-up war. So, And both of you guys could, yeah. you know – get cut, get hurt, and keep on going. So that would, that would be a, a kind of a dream fight. Yeah, absolutely. Dream matchup and great for the, for the fans and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously with my uh, perfect UFC record, that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does that, does that bother you at all? Like, you're like, oh, fuck. I mean, some of the guys, you put, it, you put you up against like a guy like Shane Roller, who was a three-time national champion wrestler. Uh, they put you up against the guys that didn't want to stand and bang. Does it bother you that, that, that you never got that win in the UFC? A, a little bit, yeah. You know, I mean, but you, you just got to look back and there's like super tough guys in there that haven't got wins in the UFC, like Jay Huron, for example. That guy's a beast yeah. in the gym. You know what I mean? Like, that guy's kicked my ass a few times in the gym, and he wasn't able to get a UFC win, you know? And there, there's other guys that haven't, but then there, it does bother me the fact that I see some freaking turds in there <laughs> that have, like, winning records in the UFC. But then you look at who they fought, and you're like, okay, well, this turd beat a turd, so, like, big deal, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and I've always had to fight the toughest guys. You know, Pat Milotic for the title. I had to fight Diego Sanchez when he was undefeated. And I, I won that fight, but there was no way, unless I knocked him out, was the judges going to give it to me. I fought Tiago Elvez. You know, these are all at 170. You know, and then I fought Shane uh, Roller, who was, like you said, three-time national champion. But And uh, Mark Bocek on a week and a half notice, I cut from 195 to 55 in, in a week and a half. You know, I spent that whole week and a half trying to basically be bulimic so I could get to weight, you know, and, you know, all that aside, you know, like maybe I should have done what a lot of fighters do when they get bad matchups. They just get magically hurt and pulled out, like, you know, the Shane Roller fight. Maybe I should have been like, oh, this is just not a good matchup because this guy's not going to want to stand with me and he's going to just wrestle me. That's my so-called weakness. So, oh, Joe Silva, I'm injured, you know? And yeah. I know other fighters do it when they get these matchups. You're like, oh man, why is that guy fighting that guy? And then two weeks later, he pulled out. Yeah. You know, so maybe I should have done that, but that's not who I am as a person or as a warrior. Like, you put the challenge in front of me, I'm going to try my best to to be successful at that challenge, you know? But... Yeah, I, I think I think that's a respectable thing that you do, though. I, I I feel like I have the same type of mentality um, when it comes to fighting, too, though, man. Like where I I don't want to turn down a tough fight, and you know I think I think the UFC and Joe Silva and guys like that will always have a level of respect for you because you were that guy that they can go to. You know, you didn't turn it down. You took the tough fight, the short notice, and and they'll always know you as that guy. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and I hope they do. You know, I mean, 
win was in there or not, you, you know, I, I feel like I've I did my best. And uh, yeah, I got nothing. You know. I got nothing but respect for you, and uh, I, I I enjoy watching your fights, man. I, you always know that you're going to be in a fight, which is which is you know amazing, which is a lot more than you can say for anybody. You've accomplished more than ninety nine point nine times a million uh, people out there. Uh, and I got to say though, it it was funny. I was watching your YouTube video last night. Of your opening with Tracy Lee of the woman's thrift store that you op- that you own in Vegas, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a yoga clothing store. Uh, yeah, not a not a <laughs> not a thrift store. It's called <laughs> no. The, so the, he owns a Goodwill. No, now. no, no, no. He owns the the uh, sweatshop. The sweatshop. That's what I meant. Like the sweatshop. The sweatshop. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's high. It's a high end boutique, my friend. <laughs> thrift store. Uh, no, it's a sweatshop. But it, but it's you and it's all these women in yoga pants and uh, which yeah. I. I think it's like a, a fucking dream job, uh, but it's pretty funny seeing you there. And then like Frank Trigg is commenting on women's clothing, and and like, <laughs> like Mike Piles like lost walking around in the background, and like it's pretty fucking funny. All these like fighters are like they're looking at the girls, these like hot chicks in yoga pants walking around. It's pretty damn funny. But how's that going, by yeah. the way? Is it called a sweatshop because you got a going. bunch of Asians in the basement? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, right? That's why it's called, you know, it's called the sweat store, but everybody just calls it the sweat shop because it just kind of, it kind of just rolls off your tongue, you know? Oh, what sweat I mean? like, store? Yeah. So, so yeah, this is sweat store. But, you know, everybody just calls it the, the sweat shop just because, you know, obviously, you know, the term sweat shop. But, uh, it's doing really good. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, we're kicking butt. Really, really lucky, you know, that it's doing so well. We've only been in business for a year and a half. Uh, our online, Sales are starting to do really good too. So nice. we have, you know, our, our website and a, you know, brick and mortar location, and doing really good. Our next step is to try to franchise it and uh, start selling these stores. You know, does your wife ever get mad at you, like for checking girls out, like and like you're like, hey, how does this does this make my ass look fat? And you got to look, and because you you work there, and then your wife hits you. No, she says anything like anything to, to make the sale. <laughs> There you go. I had the boner, baby. <laughs> wow, I had the boner. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And, and it's it's funny because I've actually had um, a few ladies like pretty much show me their breasts. So like one time I got a lady, and she's an older lady with a you know decent body and uh, some fake, some, you know, some upgrades upstairs, <laughs> and uh, she's like uh, basically opens the the curtain and is like only covering one boob which I didn't understand so she's got one hand over one boob but one of the other boobs completely out and she's like oh do you happen to have this this that shirt that I'm trying on in a in a, in a medium or something I'm like uh yeah well, you know I can't get the way I'm just give me one second to let me go grab it you know and I was like holy moy like does she realize that her one boob was out sure and then I come back I'm like oh, here ma'am here's your here's your shirt and she just like opens the curtain wide open and just like standing there and like takes the shirt you know she's completely topless and like so now I'm thinking like oh my god is this like a cue that she like wants me to come into the change room and bang her or something like what's going on here <laughs> I don't want to be the pervert I'm trying to stare her in the eye you know yeah. of course I got really good I got great peripheral vision, so I got to see it all. But <laughs> that's great. It was uh, it was odd, you know. But you know, of course, you know, I, I tell my wife afterwards, and she's all laughing. She thinks it's funny that you know, like these older ladies are, you know, must, must think I'm attractive or something. And you, like, you know, show, much, showed me the good. <laughs> how, how much older, like Luma Clanahan old, or <laughs> <laughs> no? Like I would say maybe like 42, 44, but like. In nice. shape because you know all these ladies that come into our store are pretty much you know workout 
workaholics That's in the awesome. gym, you know, like other There's going to be a line of people now that wanted to work and just like sweat stuff. Right. Now, now, um, I know you trained over at Extreme Couture back in the heyday, and I, I know that uh, we've had people on the show talk about the time that Hendrix got knocked out by Baroni. Were you there that time? I sure was there that day. Hell yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, we've heard funny. different versions of the story. Will you tell us the quick version? Well, I mean, uh, he, Baroni put him to sleep with the right hand, and uh, he was out cold doing the snoring, the snoring gig, and then... Basically, he totally forgot the day because the next day he came in, he thought that that was his first day of practice at Extreme Couture. Wow, <laughs> Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, no, Johnny Hendricks. No, what? No, okay. Well, no, what, I heard, what I heard what happened was, uh, I'll just, is that basically Randy Couture forgot to tell you guys that Team Takedown was coming. So Team Takedown shows up, and it's it's you, uh, Jay Haran, Baroni, and Mike Pyle, and then the guys from uh, Team Takedown, which was uh, like Johnny Hendricks. Um, you know, CB Dalloway, uh, those guys show up, and you guys thought your gym was being like infiltrated, like they were just taking over your gym. Like, who the fuck are these guys? They didn't want to like train with you guys. Then all of a sudden, it was sparring. Uh, uh, it's it's Johnny Hendricks versus Phil Baroni. Hendricks is throwing bombs just to kind of be, you know, just to whatever. And Baroni's like, "Fuck this!" Just lays him out. And then you guys are like, "Oh!" And then that's kind of what happened. Is that what happened? That's that's pretty much yeah. Like Ken Hendricks was going a little bit too hard. It's harder than you should, you know, when you're a brand new guy in the gym. You right, know, right. you should show a little bit of respect. And he was trying to throw bombs. And yeah, Baroni was just like, "No, this guy, this isn't going to happen." And uh, I mean, one thing Baroni has and, he, and still has to this day, you know, is power. Like you got you got to be careful. Baroni rang my bell one day that. It didn't drop me, but I, I totally forgot that I had sparred. So we do, you know, everybody's heard of like the Shark Tank drill where, you, you know, you spar and every one minute new guys jumping on you. Right, and right. So we're doing our Shark Tank drills. And in the first round, I got hit with the right hand and finished my three rounds of Shark Tank. It was like Mike Pyle and Jay Huron and, and Baroni all doing their one minute gigs on me and I get out of the ring and you know take my hand wraps off and stuff and I'm sitting there and I see the guys all sparring in the ring and I'm sitting there kind of a little confused going oh man I better get my hands wrapped like I'm I'm late for practice kind of thing and I start wrapping my hands and Ron Frazier was the coach at the time and I said hey Ron when am I when am I jumping in and he was like ha 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 you know like laughing and I was like not really when, when am I going He's like, you already sparred, and I was like, no, I haven't. And uh, so I started, you know, that, then I started questioning myself, like, wait a minute. I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, you're you're done, man. You went first. And I was like, I, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, and I'm like, holy crap, what's going on? And by the time I started driving home, it all came back to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally remember sparring. But he had just rang my bell so bad. It like erased my whole memory of sparring. <laughs> those are those, those gym concussions that you get time to time. Yeah, I think that's what happened with what's yeah. the name Mike Chandler in his last fight in Bellator. I think that's what happened to him. Remember that fight against Will Brooks? You watched the fight this yeah. weekend? I, I I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, he 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 got hit in the fourth round. He, he was winning the fight. And it was a pretty close fight. He got hit. It was pretty close. It was a pretty. <laughs> you thought he was losing the fight? Yeah. It was a close fight, but he got hit. He got hit, and then you could just tell in his eyes that he looked up and he was like. Why is there a black guy coming at me right now <laughs> wanting to punch yeah. me in the face? He had that he look waved, like... He waved it off. He waved him off like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Get away from me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a total look of confusion on his face that he just didn't remember, like, what was happening. And, uh, it, you know, part of it was that one punch that he ate, but he also kind of 
got dropped on his head a little bit right yeah. before that, if you noticed. And I, so I think the combination of him hitting his head on the mat and he gets back to his feet, he got cracked with the hook and they walked away in like a state of confusion. Like, why is Will Brooks coming at me? Like, I think he almost thought like he won the fight or like didn't realize he was the fight had started. You know, it was yeah. really odd. And, it was like, who is this guy he, coming at me right now? Do we have a conversation? Yeah. We, we had a conversation yeah. with the fighter here that he said that he, Something happened during the fight where he got like knocked out or partially knocked out, and he really didn't come to until he was at the club later on that night. It was uh, Kevin Randleman told us oh, that. That's right. Yeah, Randleman didn't like, know. He's basically sleepwalking for like an hour, and then he gets it, to the after party, and he was like, "Holy shit! Like, yeah, what the fuck am I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, How did I get he here? was in like, like Japan. <laughs> he was in Japan. Randleman didn't know where he was. Now, by the way, Bellator. Now we have you on the phone. You're in Bellator. I think that they put on a great show last week. Um, I, you know, I'm digging this whole. TNA wrestling vibe because I, I, I just think that they it's it's ridiculous but it's funny I mean you, you like you, when you have dancers coming out and then you have fire behind you and yeah. Tito Ortiz had singers uh, had these little schoolgirls singing and then Bonner had a, a rapper named Stitches I never heard of this rapper or like a hardcore guy I don't know who this guy was but it was entertaining it was, it was I mean <laughs> the, you know what I gotta say I was entertained Pro- by, production, by the whole- production quality was pretty good all the, the TV screens and everything yeah the ring entrances that was pretty exciting it kind of had that like uh pride or uh uh yeah pride exactly the japan vibe yeah exactly the japan vibe exactly um however looking at like the um what they paid people uh like they paid king mo ten thousand dollars for the fight and he was like the you know some of these guys maybe they could have put Maybe one less TV screen, <laughs> giving him a <laughs> giving him a little more money. Uh, like King Mo got ten grand. Ten grand. And Tito walked away with Tito got three hundred thousand dollars. Maybe they were going by like head ratio per dollar or something. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but he got. Three- I'm confused about that pay thing. This is where like so hear me out here on this. So like don't you remember like a year and a half ago when like Chandler signed that new contract with Bellator. Right. Everybody, it was the headlines were like Michael Chandler now the highest paid lightweight in MMA and exactly. all that stuff about him. So, and he only got 25 grand. Well, that doesn't make him even close to the highest paid mm-hmm. lightweight. So, where there must be some money that we're not seeing or that's not getting recorded, like yeah. on those. And same thing with King Mo. I'm, I don't see him winning. He won that fight and making 10 grand. I, I see maybe 10 and 10, but that's still like a stretch for. You, you know, like if if he only got ten grand to win that fight, I'm making more than King Mo in, in Bellator. Yeah, it doesn't make any know. sense. So it like, must I'm be confused like, by the pays there. I don't get it. Yeah, there must be some undisclosed bonuses that they're getting, but it's, I don't even know why they would they would say that he only got paid ten grand and then say that Tito got paid three hundred grand. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, who who released right. that? I mean, I mean, I mean, did did like Dana release that? <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> like, it, it, that 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 was really that was really strange. Uh, I'll tell you one thing though, I did not see the um, the Melvin Manhu fight going that way. Wow, uh, Joe Schilling. <laughs> that, that was, was crazy. I mean, though. Joe Schilling was like one in three in MMA. I, I guess he. I, I I don't really follow Glory kickboxing, but he's a big star in kickboxing. That's what everyone says. Yeah, and you know that 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 uh, finishing punch that he did. He's actually an orthodox fighter, so it makes it his um, left hook. But he switches stances and uh, he throws the right hook from orthodox from southpaw stance, and that's what he did when he uh, when he beat in the Glory tournament. He knocked out uh, Simon Phoenix. 
S- Simon, Simon Marcus. Simon Marcus. Simon, Simon, Simon Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Simon Marcus. Si- yeah. Simon Marcus. He knocked out Simon Marcus in, yeah. in the fourth round. It was a huge knockout, and uh, and uh, it was no fluke because he did the same thing to Manoff, and that was a crazy knockout, man. Well deserved for for uh, Schilling. Yeah, there were there were some. I, you know, it wasn't a good weekend for former UFC guys coming over. If you look at like Nam Fan got annihilated by Mike Richmond, who's a Marine. Uh, you look in the World Series of Fighting, uh, Yushin Okami lost, uh, Melvin Gallard lost after not making weight and calling it a B-League. Uh, it just wasn't a good weekend for UFC guys. But, I mean, but that's just how, I think, how talented MMA guys are in general. The best guys can beat anybody on any given night, you know. Uh, and that, that's just how, how, you know, it, which I think is good. I think competition is good, right? Yeah. Is, uh, John, you still here? Hello? We lose him. I was like, he's awfully quiet. Perfect time to wrap up the show. Uh, uh, can, we, can, 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 we, can we call John back and just yeah. give him a... I like this guy. He's a good guy. Where's the store located? We should ask him that. They don't plug it. That's right. I got disconnected there somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, we, uh, we lost you for a second. Okay, so we, we uh, talked about... Um, Shilling and Menoff. We, talk, we, we, we talked about about Shilling. I was saying that it, it wasn't the greatest weekend for UFC vets between Nam Fan and Melvin Gallard and Yushin Okami uh, and guys who came yeah, over. That's true. And that was, but uh, I mean, the, 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 the back to the Manoff fight. That guy he either wins by knockout or he loses by knockout. Eh? That's it, pretty it, much the. It's true, man. Yeah, he, he's a banger. So, who do you want to fight next? Man, yeah, you know, I don't know. So here, here's where I'm at with the whole like Bellator thing right now. It's I've been really, I really tried to get on this last card. You know, they just kept telling me there was no room and this and this and that. But then I see some of these dudes that they had on the card, and it kind of bothers me. It's like, well, why the why the fuck was this guy on the card? You know, growing some bitch titties, and he, and he's, you know, he sucks. And uh, you know, I told him I'd go to forty-five. I fight at fifty-five. I'll fight a guy at seventy. I, I wanted to fight, you know, and couldn't get on there. And then Will Brooks just keeps making me look better and better all the time. You know, my only loss is to Will Brooks in, in Bellator, and you know, he beat Michael Chandler twice. And I just feel like I just get no. I'm not getting the respect that I deserve. One for just being the fighter who I been over my career that you know i deserve a little bit of love and and for you know i'm doing decent in uh bellator so you know why am i not getting a bigger fight you know a fight that you know that i can you know really try to shine in and and a good matchup but you know i since things have changed over to scott coker i just feel like i kind of got lost in the mix so far and you know i don't know what's happening or what so i, I don't know who i want to fight but i, I want to fight somebody and I've got a lot of anger built up, so I'm ready to uh, <laughs> explode on somebody. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you're listening to this, give John Alessio a fight. Put him on a main card. Make him some money. The guy, the guy deserves right. it. Worked his ass off. So where can people find you, John Alessio? Oh, they can find me at John Alessio 79 on Twitter. And uh, same thing for Instagram, John Alessio 79. Um, if they're in Vegas, they should come check out my uh, clothing store and get your get your lady or yourself something new. We do have a men's section as well. Um, that's the Sweat Store. Our uh, Instagram and Twitter is the Sweat Store LV. Um, 
follow us and check us out on there or check out the sweatstore.com. Um, that's my, uh, you know, my new passion as, as well as fighting, you know, working on the, on the business with my wife. Um, other than that, don't find me. Stay away from me and just leave me alone. <laughs> is, uh, is, is all your, all your clothes original designs or are you like, uh, re- resale? We carry, we, we carry like, uh, about 25 different brands out there. All our okay. brands are made in the U S most of them are made in California actually. Nice. Um, out of merch and, one, uh, pardon me. Oh, never mind. I was asking about the company making your clothes. Where your Where's your store located? The brick and mortar. It's uh, Flamingo and the Two Fifteen. There's an LVAC gym right up here off of Flamingo and the Two Fifteen. We're located pretty much right beside them. And if you've been to Vegas, you probably heard of the Greens and Protein Restaurant. We're basically right we're next door neighbors to Greens and Protein. Um, so we're in a real cool little like health fitness area. You know, we have the LVAC, we have Greens and Protein. Uh, we have Function Juicery, which is like a cold pressed juice place. Um, we have a restaurant called The Protein Source, which is also like a uh, really healthy restaurant. And, you know, a couple of yoga studios right around here. So this whole little area is, you know, um, very California-ish, I, I say. Because, you know, a lot of California is like way ahead of Las Vegas when it comes to really good places to eat that are healthy and, uh, you know, yoga and fitness and outdoors in general. Nice. Well, thank you. Thanks, John, for coming on the show. Love to have you back. And uh, you're a great man. And uh, have a great rest of the day. Yeah, you too, guys. Uh, Thanks, and, man. Like I said, Alan, I thought you won your last fight. I, I hope you get a good <laughs> matchup in your, your next go at it. And uh, uh, yeah, man, you're a tough young up and comer. It's fun to watch you, watch you, watch you fight. And uh, everybody take care. And Adam, next time you're in Vegas, let me know. I want to come to your show. Or do you, are you performing in LA soon or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm in LA uh, almost every night, but I'm going to be in Vegas on New Year's Eve with uh, T-Rex the whole, the whole week. What up? So hey, uh, come out and check oh, it out. It's yeah. Gonna a, it's going to be a ball. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So we'll, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. Hey. Appreciate that, John. Sounds good, brother. All, All right, right, guys. Later, care, hope no problem, Alan. You guys take care. Take care. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, quick, quick uh, predictions this week. Uh, Frankie Edgar Cup Swanson. Uh, you, you first. Uh, you first. Uh, uh, damn, it's a tough one, man. I'm gonna go ahead and say Frankie Edgar. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying that with utmost confidence, but I, I'm gonna I don't say, no, man. It's it's such it, a back and forth, you yeah. know, fight. But Frankie Edgar's just been through so many wars, and he's like the real life Rocky. <laughs> I don't know, but Cub Swanson's freaking beast. I'm calling a a, a, a draw. Are you? It, it seems like it'll be a draw. <laughs> it's I mean, gonna be I a mean, draw. I, I think you know Frankie's got that quick boxing style, but um, but uh, what's his name? Uh, who's he fighting? Cub Swanson. Swanson's gonna be better on the feet, but uh, yeah, if Swanson can stay on his feet, keep stuff in the takedowns, and uh, then maybe he can edge out of victory. But it's gonna be a back and forth fight for sure. Uh, okay, Bobby Green, Barboza. Oh, oh Bobby Green. Shit, this is an exciting fight, dude. <laughs> Bobby Green's got something about yeah, him, man. Been yeah. watching him for a while. He's got something where he just like gets he gets right in range and calls guys out. Um, Barboza's just a killer, so yeah, he's uh, speed kills. So Barboza has that going for him. But I think Bobby Green's on a on a tear right now. I'm picking Bobby Green. He's gonna talk the entire time too. Exactly. I think if Bobby Green can kind of weather the storm and get inside of Barboza's head, and then uh, he could do what he does best. So, I mean, man. Bobby beat Josh. Uh... He he beat um, Josh. What's his name? Josh yeah, Thompson, Thompson on, on two weeks' notice. I mean, yeah. uh, it was close fight, but it was still, uh, you know. All right, uh, Brad Pickett versus Chico Camus. Pickett, 
Pick it. All right, good. There we go. Uh, uh, and then Joseph Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz. Benavidez. Yeah, too much experience, I think. Ben, yep. Matt Wyman. Me, me too, I'm going that. Versus Isaac Valaflag. Uh, I like I- Isaac. I like Isaac too. Is that, is that uh, handsome? Handsome Handsome Matt Wyman, yeah. <laughs> been, been around a while. I'm going to go with the handsome one. The handsome one. Because uh, you like handsome. Just because handsome guy. Yeah, yeah. I root, <laughs> I root for You can him. relate. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Barnott versus Roger Navarez. Barnott. You're going with Barnott. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, make that three. Eves Edwards versus Akbar Areola. <laughs> Are you, I'm a big fan of Areolas. But I'm a, I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, I think this Areola's going to have a bad time. I'm familiar with Eves, so let's go with Eves. Yeah, me too. I never heard of Akbar. Uh, James Vick against Nick Hine. Nick Hine is actually a guy from Germany. Interesting guy. He's a big sitcom star in Germany. Really? He's a big movie star, action wow. star. He's huge. Like they love him over there. I think he's yeah. He's almost like a hassle everybody's hall. huge in Germany. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Go to Germany and you blow up. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, but I like James Vick. He's he's six and zero. He's basically he's uh like eight foot two or something. Uh, One fifty five. I like James. Good boxer. Tough guy. But Nick Nick Hines is no joke. Uh, I'm going with James. Uh, Paige Van Zant. Against Kate, 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 if you haven't seen Paige, she's like 19 years old, adorable, beautiful girl. I mean, like could be like a, a model. Uh, well, it's gonna be a little short, but uh, she, she, she might be the hottest girl in the UFC. She's taking on Kaylin Curran. Have you seen Kate? Paige, have you seen her yet? No. Paige Van Zant. Uh, is there uh, any relation to uh, what's the name Van Zant from uh, the E Street Band? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who it is. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, Paige Van Zant. I'll show you a picture of her. E. Paige Van Zant. BG. She actually was oh, gonna yeah. be on the Ultimate Fighter, but she was too uh, she was too young. She actually, she was too, uh, they wouldn't let her on because she was too young. This is her. Wow. Yeah, right? I mean, she's adorable. She is. Wow. <laughs> doesn't look like a, much of a fighter. I mean, it looks like a, I mean, not look, I mean, she's a fighter, but doesn't look like she's, you know, uh, a, a teen star or something. But uh, yeah, so I'm going for Paige. I heard she's pretty good, too. Do you know anything about her as far as how, how, how good she is? She's a hottie. Her ain't bad either. Bad looking or bad as far as... Really? Hmm. All right. Well, all right. Well, I'm going for Paige based on the... uh, (laughs) Victor is going to be the audience uh, via scissors. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. We got to take... All right. Now, that that is our show. Where can people find you, Alan? Um, Twitter. I I think all my handles are pretty much the same. At Alan Joban. A-L-A-N-J-O-U-B-A-N. And yeah, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Same with me, Todd Rex. T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X. Twitter, um, Facebook, and uh, ToddRex.com. I'll be at Inside Jokes this Saturday. Nice. And then uh, at uh, Sean Latham's thing down in um, Long Beach next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, I'm just putting that out there now because by the time we <laughs> no. All right, right. Uh, I will be. Uh, you can follow me at, at MMA Roasted or at Adam Comedian. I will be at Laughs in Toledo, Laughs Comedy Club, and I'm gonna have my tooth back. Uh, by the way, um, I'm getting my tooth back. In the Austin family. No, no. I'm, oh. I'm going right now to the dentist to get my tooth, my implant in. I can't wait for that. Um, but uh, and then I'm gonna be at Delooney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas, the following week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, I will see you guys there. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your life. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Take a lot of chances. Yes. Bye. Cheers.